a new part that you can see of, of God's heart and his principle of giving. In Hebrews 10, uh, starting verse 23, it says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as in the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. In verse 23, it says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope. What is the confession of our hope? How do we confess our hope? I looked at the word confess. And it's a doing word. It's a verb. It's an action. But in, as it relates to giving, I can partner with my hope and use my giving as an action to confess that hope. When I give gladly to the Lord, I'm declaring or confessing that I trust Him more than what's in my hand. Yeah? I have this, and I'm confessing. I trust you more than the things, more than the resources that you've given me. You are where I put my trust and I confess my hope. And what is the hope in? But part 2 of verse 23 says, For he who promised is faithful. Who, know, who knows God's faithful? Yeah. <laughs> who knows God's faithful? Yeah, I do. He's never let me down. And what is he faithful to? He's faithful to his promises, to what he said. We have absolute honor and privilege of having his word readily available to us in many, many different forms now, digitally or physically. <laughs> but we have direct access to Jesus, the written word, and his promises are so, so good. Yeah? They are so, so good. God promises heaps of things, as we know. His, his word is full of them. But what, does, what did he promise in relation to tithes and offerings? He promised to open the windows of heaven and pour out such a blessing on us <laughs> that we wouldn't be able to contain it. That's one of the promises that he made in regards to tithes and offerings. And my gift, our gift, the opportunity that we have this morning is to give a gift and have that be proof of my hope, my hope in Him to deliver on that that He promised. Is this making sense? Is anybody getting anything from this? Half nods. Yeah, yeah, good, good, good. I'll take that as a wild encouragement to keep going. Great. <laughs> I love verse 24 in the Passion Translation. It says, discover creative ways to encourage others and to motivate them towards acts of compassion, doing beautiful works as expressions of love. That's verse 24 of Hebrews 10 in the Passion Translation. Beautiful works as expressions of love. And that's really what our offering is. It's, a, it's one of the many wonderful things that we can do as an expression of love towards the Father. If we keep that as our, our heart attitude, as our motivation, we are confessing our hope in the promise that God has given us, in Him who is faithful as an expression of love to Him. And that's the opportunity that we have. Our tithes are an act of obedience and our offering an expression of love. Verse 25 in the Passion Translation says, This is not the time to pull away 
and neglect meeting together, as some have formed the habit of doing. In fact, we should come together even more frequently, eager to encourage and urge each other on, urge each other onward, as we anticipate that day dawning. You know the the beauty of time and its linear fashion is that you can guarantee that we are one day closer to the end than we were yesterday. <laughs> so there's no, there's no uh, contention in the fact that we are getting closer <laughs> to Jesus' Jesus' return, to the end of what we know right now and to the start of something new. But, but it's, it's that keeping our, uh, reminding ourselves of that that enables us to go, all right, I should be ever increasing to meet together, to encourage one another, to actually get to know the people around me more, to hear and see them, to be known by them so I can actually have a place of encouraging the good works, the acts of compassion. It's really hard to encourage someone that you don't, you're not really close to or you, you don't really know what's going on in their life. Yeah, this is what we should be doing coming together to encourage and urge each other on to continue, to keep going. So let me encourage you that as we give as an expression of love this morning, you know, that makes a father proud. <laughs> it warms his heart to see and receive our expression of love to him. And I urge you to continue to give and hold fast to that hope of his promises because he is always, always faithful to fulfill them. Amen. So let's let's give this morning. Uh, I know many of you may have already given in our little tithes and offering post box or like me, give online. So let me just pray for us and bless our offering this morning. Father, I thank you so much. Lord, I thank you that you're faithful. Father, I thank you that you are bringing us on a continual journey ever closer to you and to each other. Father, we just submit to your leading in that direction. Father, we give our offering, we pay our tithe as an act of love, an expression of love and of obedience. And Father, we trust you. Our hope is in you because we know you're faithful. Lord, we ask you, bless, bless our offering this morning and the rest of our time together. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hand it over. I am. Look at that. Technology, it works sometimes. It's good. It's good. Be quiet this morning. Now, I'm a teacher. Well, I was. <laughs> of um, some, <laughs> some 37 years, so I'm going to do a teacher thing this morning. If you're here this morning, can you just say, I'm here? I'm here. Great. Look at that. Good. Good. It's good that you're here. Hallelujah. So I've got a message um, this morning, and, and a lot of my messages, um, uh, if I'm trying to put a title on them, they usually come as a question. Don't know why that is. So my question this morning is, how hungry? How hungry are we? How hungry? You know, there are many things in this world because it's a fallen world that will attack our abiding in Christ and a lot of those are external and you know Paul talks about um, a lot of those things in Romans 8 
He talks about tribulation, distresses, persecutions, hardships, perils. All the things that that he personally uh, experienced and endured. And his summary of, of those things is that there is nothing that can separate him from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. So there are a lot of external things. And you know, sometimes those external things, when they come at us, you know, you, you, you've heard that expression, what, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. <laughs> um, not that I adhere to that one, but there are things that we go through that strengthen our character. Talks about that in Scripture. The trials that we go through actually strengthen our character, give us greater resolve. So the enemy might try and do those things externally, but you know, if we're adhering to the one who lives within us, then those things don't really have uh, much of a, a, um, a, a chance of pulling us away from our faith in Jesus Christ. But you know, the ones to watch out for are the internal ones. They're the ones that, that are going on in here that people can't see. And whether it be greed or whether it be pride, and doesn't that come in many forms, or whether it be complacency. And I want to just sort of touch on that, that thought or that word Complacency, I have a definition for it. It's a feeling of smug or uncritical satisfaction with oneself or one's achievements. I'm doing all right. It's okay. We've got enough of everything. We're, we're not. It's okay. We're, we're, we're happy. We're, we're content. We're all good. Is that the problem with the church in the west is that the issue that we've become complacent you know often i hear about you know the miracles that happen in different parts of the world you know in in india and in china and in you know all different parts of the world where actually those external pressures are far greater than what we have ever experienced in this place and yet we hear about all the things that are going on, the, the work of God that is just so manifested in those places. And, and I can't help thinking, well, I don't, know, I don't know that there's any complacency being a Christian in China. Being a Christian in Iran. You wouldn't be complacent. You wouldn't be feeling having a feeling of, of smug or uncritical satisfaction, you would be holding on so tight, I tell you. And the reason that those things are manifesting, that um, God can do the works that he does, I believe, is that they are holding on so tight. You know, Paul's cry was that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. It's in Philippians. That was Paul's cry. That was the cry of his heart. And you th look at Paul and you think of all the, the things that, that, that Paul experienced. You know, he saw Jesus. You know, Jesus knocked him off his horse. <laughs> and, and, you know, he, he talks about that in his letters. I saw him. I have seen Jesus. And, and you, you think of the... the, the, the the revelation knowledge that that Holy Spirit had given um, Paul and his understanding of the Old Testament scriptures in the light of of Holy Spirit, and but his <laughs> his cry of his heart is that I may know Him. Paul never got to that point of being just complacent with being, yeah, I'm I'm parked here and that's good enough. He never, that was never, ever part of Paul's experience. He wanted to push on and push on and push on to get all that God had for him. We're going to read that in Philippians chapter 3, if you'd like to turn that. Philippians chapter 3. 
that, that verse that I mentioned is in uh, verse 10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection <laughs> and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. Um, verse 12, not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. <laughs> that I might be everything that God has designed for me to do and to be, etc. There is a design. We know that there is a design that God has for each and every one of us. He sees us individually, collectively as his church, absolutely. But individually, yep. he knows us. He sees us. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind... And if, anything, and if in anything else you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Nevertheless, to the degree that we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us be of the same mind. So Paul was very clear. I'm not, I'm not there yet. I'm, I, haven't, I'm, I haven't got there yet. But I'm, that's the direction that I'm heading. And... It says, to the degree we have already attained. So what he's talking about there is walk in the revelation that God has given you. Walk in what God has already revealed to you. You know, the scripture is very clear. We are to be doers of the word, not hearers only. So we hear something in scripture. Pray for your enemy. Forgive one another. We clearly hear those things. But if we don't actually apply those things, we're just hearers and not doers of the word and we deceive ourselves. So we are to actually walk in the revelation that we have to this point, but don't stop at this point. Don't stop. Move forward. Continue to look for God to, to add that revelation knowledge and then walk in that. You know, we are to, to go from glory to glory. We're not to just park at a, at a say, right, yep, that's enough, I'm happy, here we are. And the, the, the key to that, the absolute key to that is in, my, is in, the, in the title, How Hungry. How hungry are we? You know, Jesus said, Matthew 5, 6, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. And that's right in the middle of a whole lot of good stuff in the Beatitudes. But to hunger, um, these, are, these are from the, from the Greek um, original words, these um, meanings, to hunger to famish or to crave. You know, have you ever used that word, oh, I'm famished? <laughs> we use it lightly, don't we? I am so hungry. You know, there are people in the world, in the natural, they are so hungry. And if you've ever done a, a, a decent fast, you, you know you can get so hungry. Is our spiritual hunger on that level? That's what it's talking about there. If our spiritual hunger is on the same level as sometimes, you know, we've gone without breakfast and we skip lunch and we are, so, you know, tummy's rumbling. We are so hungry I could eat anything. Great. That's, that's on that level. Is our spiritual hunger to that level? Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. 
Thirst is pretty straightforward. Thirst is thirst. We've all experienced thirst. Okay? You go thirsty long enough, guess what happens? You're dead. Okay? That's one of those things that, that it's just a basic. Who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Now that, in the definition of that word in the, in the, in the Greek word that's used for that, it talks about equity of character. Equity of character. Being equal in character. Thirst for right, hunger and thirst for righteousness. Now we know righteousness talks about the right ways of God. Who came and showed the right ways of God? Jesus Christ. In every aspect of life, he came and he demonstrated the righteousness of God. He was the righteousness of God. So equity of character, and that is to be like him. To be like him. For they shall be filled. And that word filled means to supply food in abundance and to satisfy you know that's ongoing, though? That's ongoing. Yeah. already mentioned Paul. He never got to the point where he was satisfied to the, to the extent or to the idea of, okay, that's enough. I'll just, I'll just live it. I'll, I'll live in this experience. He was always looking for the more of God because there is always more in God. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Caleb was talking about the promises of God. That's a promise. It's in the word. That's a promise. If you hunger and thirst for righteousness, you will be filled. And you will be filled with him. That's a promise. I'd like to turn your Bibles to Revelation chapter 3. Revelation chapter 2 and 3 are the letters to the, to the churches. And we can look at those in a, in a you know, I, I was mentioning those um, the other week, that the different churches and the different conditions that were the, the um, um, always get stuck on that word, um, the way they did things, their culture, that's it. <laughs> the culture of the, of the churches. And we can look at that as being at the culture of the churches. But, but to me, it speaks even, even more individually than that, that there are some of these elements that, that we just need to be aware of in our own personal and individual lives. And I just want to um, focus in on, on the church at Laodicea this morning. So verse 14. And to the angel of the church of Laodicea write, These things, says the Amen and faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Because you say, I am rich, have become wealthy, and have need of nothing, and do not know. <laughs> and do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. It's not a good condition. <laughs> I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire that you may be rich, and white garments that you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed, and anoint your eyes with eye salve that you may see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten, therefore be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and dine with him 
and he with me. To him that overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. So we can look at that condition and we can say, okay, the words that come to me are complacent and comfortable in a position of being naturally supplied and we're doing good, thanks very much. Thanks for coming. We're all good. Their natural success had actually blinded them to their spiritual condition. It says there, shame of your nakedness may not be revealed and anoint your eyes with eye salve that you may see. And a little bit earlier, verse 17, I'll read it again. Because you say I am rich, have become wealthy and have need of nothing, but do not know that you are blah, 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 blah. I didn't even know I didn't even recognise it what a horrible place to be in where you're not in a good place spiritually and you don't even know it you don't even recognise it you know, um, if you do I encourage you to there's so many materials available these days um, online and whatever to and um, commentaries and all sorts of things but um, it's, a, it's an interesting thing to go and have a look at um, the church where it was located um, didn't have a water source the water had to be um, brought in and there were another couple of cities quite close one had hot springs and one had cold springs um, but um, the church at Laodicea had neither of those things. Now, there's a lot of lot of things in the in the hot and cold, and and often I've heard, you know, um, I wish that you were spiritually hot, you know, burning for me, and that's a good place to be, or that you were spiritually cold, because you know, often it's easier to talk to somebody who's a long way from God, about God, than somebody who's just, you know. Doing all right, I'm fine, I'm comfortable, don't need to, don't need any more. So I know that part. But even in the natural, um, I'm, I'm back football umpiring. Well, I didn't last, yeah, I didn't yesterday because I've hurt myself again. <laughs> um, we'll be next week. Um, but hot and cold, they're very, very important elements of healing. So, you know, you, you, you strain a muscle. What do you, what do you go to? You go for the ice. You go for the cold pack, okay? And you put that on there. And if you get that on there smartly enough, it will have a beneficial effect. It'll have a healing effect. Well, it'll actually stop the, you know, stop the, restrict the blood flow and, and, and stop the, the amount of bruising that, that's um, going to result. So cold in itself is a really, really beneficial thing. <laughs> Isn't that embarrassing? <laughs> um, but so is heat, because after you've had the cold pack on there for a while, a couple of days of the, of the cold pack and whatever, it's actually time to, to get into more blood flow. That's where you get the heat pack and you put the heat pack on there and get the blood flow going because that blood flow encourages healing. That heat encourages healing. And in between those, you know, with the cold pack and the, and, and the hot pack exclusively, you put the cold on for a little while and then you put the hot on for a little while and the cold on and the hot on. It's, um, I know from experience. I've done it many times and it works. So the message there, I wish you were one of the other, because in, in some respect, both can be of a benefit. But lukewarm is of absolutely no value whatsoever. An ice pack 
that's thought out is of no value. A heat pack that all the heat's gone out of is of no value. It still has the form, but there's nothing in it that will be of benefit for what it was designed to be. Verse 19 is a beauty. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. That means discipline. As many as I love, I rebuke and I chasten. What are we looking for in our, in our experience in, in church? If you don't really know that God loves you, if you don't really know that God loves you, you'll always be looking for, for warm fuzzies from people to fill that void. We need to have that so established in our being that God loves me. That we can actually be open to what God is saying and wanting to do. And sometimes I, I, I think... I don't know, people don't believe it. They don't... They, 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 just need encouragement all the time that, that God loves you. I'm telling you this morning, God loves you. That's got to be something that is just so established in our, in our heart that we're not looking all the time in church for somebody to, to say, God loves you. There are a lot of things that need to happen in messages in church that are, that are encapsulated in the love of God that aren't necessarily stroking your back and giving you a, a little bit of a rub to make you feel okay. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. So I, I had a look at these words. Doctrine, it's learning, teaching, it's instruction. Reproof is conviction. Now, we would have all been at some stage convicted by the Holy Spirit in, in something. You know, when I was a, a, a young person, I was convicted by the Holy Spirit and that led me to ask Jesus Christ to come into my heart. Please never think that conviction is a bad thing. It is absolutely, it's a very powerful mechanism by which God actually reveals and then draws people. Reproof is conviction. Correction. This is the definition from the Greek again. A straightening up again. A straightening up again. Rectification or reformation, reformation. They're, they're good things. They're good things. And they're not always easy things. Who, who loves being corrected over something? Go to work and you've, you've done something and it hasn't been quite right and the boss comes and he gives you a little bit of correction. Who thinks, oh, yes, thank you very much for that. Glory to God. No, we don't. No think ouch then we've got a choice then we then we can do something with that can't we we either straighten up or we slink off <laughs> yeah so rectification reformation and training and discipline that's an interesting one 
means learning to live in conformity to God's will, both publicly and privately, behaving honourably with personal integrity and moral courage. Wow. And in those things, doctrine, reproof, correction, training and discipline, or um, training in righteousness, instruction in righteousness, I can't see any warm fuzzies in that lot. I'm not here to make you feel comfortable. Sorry. That's not my job. I want you to know that you are loved. Not my job to make you feel comfortable. So how hungry? How hungry are we? Hebrews chapter 12. I want to read some verses from Hebrews chapter 12. Trying to pick out a small passage and ah, it's so difficult to do that. So we'll read a bigger part. You know, Hebrews chapter 11, it talks about the heroes of faith, those that have gone before that just held the line. They just, they just went with what God said. Some of them saw the fulfillment of, of um of what God had promised, and some didn't. actually died believing of the promises that, that were to come. And, of course, some of those promises were eternal promises. The writer of Hebrews says uh, in verse 1, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, <laughs> you want some encouragement? <laughs> Read about them. Read about them. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. You and I are the joy that was set before him. <laughs> He knew the result of what was going to happen and that was people coming into relationship, his creation coming back into the relationship with him. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. You have not yet resisted to bloodshed striving against sin. That's good. It might come. But we're not there yet. But he has already been that way. And you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as sons. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord. That's the discipline. Nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves... He chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? But if you are without chastening, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. If we will not bear our soul to God and allow him to correct and adjust if we keep God at arm's length in that regard scripture says we're not in that position we're not in a position of sonship furthermore we had human fathers who corrected us and paid when we paid them respect shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the father of spirits and live 
For they indeed, for a few days, chastened us as seemed best to them, but he for our profit, that we may be partakers of his holiness. Now no chastening seems to be joyful at the present, but painful. Nevertheless, afterwards it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who are being trained by it. And I said before, righteousness has that within it, that thought of equity of character, to be like him. It was um, uh, quite a number of years ago now, I was invited up to the university and they had a, they had a Christian fellowship group and, and they met together and they'd get a speaker, you know, guest speaker in. I, I came in and I was speaking to these young people and, and I thought That's, that, was, that was really good. And, and I, was, I was sharing something with them along the lines of, of that equity of, of, of character thought. And it was, it was interesting because I'm going to read some scriptures in a minute. It was like they were deers caught in a headlight. It was sort of like, I don't know what to do with this. I really don't know what to do with this. So, you know, there are things that are available for us in God, but we have to be hungry to actually receive them. God's not going to give out of what he has to somebody who's a bit ho-hum about the whole process or keeps the process at arm's length, you know. Well, God loves me and he made me the way I am and, and you know, I don't need to change because God loves me and, and, and that's where we sit. Yes, he does love you. Yes, he called you as you were. He called me as I was. I am not who I was. Thank God. Amen. (laughs) And down the track a little bit, I'm not going to be who I am now. Because there is a progression that God wants to take us on. Now I'm going to read these scriptures out of Ephesians It's Ephesians chapter 3. Oh, boy. And it's out of the Amplified Bible. Maybe that was the problem. I I read it out of the Amplified Bible. So, (laughs) Ephesians chapter 3. This is where God wants to take us. This is truly where God wants to take his church. You know, that church without spot or wrinkle or any such thing? Made up of individuals who have allowed God to do that work within them. I'm going to start in verse 16. May he grant you out of the rich treasury of his glory to be strengthened and reinforced with mighty power in the inner man by the Holy Spirit himself indwelling your innermost being and personality. May Christ, through your faith, dwell in your hearts. May you be rooted deep in love and founded securely on love, that you may have the power and be strong to apprehend and grasp with all the saints the experience of that love, what is the breadth and length and height and depth of it. That you may really come to know practically through experience for yourselves the love of Christ, which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience. That you may be filled through all your being unto all the fullness of God, may have the richest measure of the divine presence and become a body wholly filled and flooded with God himself. And I read those verses and I looked around the room and... (laughs) 
eyes were wide. I don't know that they'd ever, ever heard those, those scriptures. Maybe not. But it didn't actually stop there. Because over in chapter 4, verse 12, you read the whole lot, it's all good. His intention, now this is the, he gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers. His intention was the perfecting and the full equipping of the saints. That's, that's us, all of us, all of us, every one of us. His intention was the perfecting and the full equipping of the saints that they should do the work of ministering towards building up Christ's body, the church. That it might develop until we all attain oneness in the faith and in the comprehension of the full and accurate knowledge of the Son of God. That we might arrive at really mature manhood, the completeness of personality which is nothing less than the standard height (laughs) of Christ's own perfection, the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ and the completeness found in him. And that's too much for some. That's too much. That's, I, I can't see that. Is it I can't see it or is it I'm not willing to allow God to actually do that work in me? (laughs) That might mean getting out of my comfort zone fairly often. How hungry are we? How hungry are we? You know, we can do a self-check. We can hear this, this, this... these words and but we can do a self-check you say what's a self-check I've got two questions (laughs) am I in the word am I giving myself to this word this is truth spoke about that last week This is the truth. Am I giving myself to what God has said because we have read what it will do? All scripture is given by inspiration of God and it is profitable. This is profitable for this. Am I giving myself to the word? You know the one that comes with it, don't you? Am I praying? Am I getting myself away from every distraction with God and just allowing him to speak to me? That's the self-check. That's our hunger check. If we're not in the word and we're not connected, we're not praying, we might just be parked somewhere. Heavenly Father, we don't want to be a complacent people. We don't want to be ones that aren't aware of what might be pulling us away from you. We don't want to be ones that get to a point in our relationship with you and say that's enough. Lord, we just want to be like your servant Paul, who just uh, cry of his heart was just to know you. Lord, we want to know you. And you've given us so many tools. You've made it so clear. Lord, that... um, We can have everything that you have promised for us. Lord, that you would do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask and think. But Lord, we've got to have that hunger. 
So, Lord, challenge us. Challenge us through the week to give you time to allow you to write your, your word upon our heart. And, uh, and Lord, I, I thank you for the, for the testimonies that will come from all those who are just willing to do that and prioritise you and you above all things. And we thank you, Lord, for your presence. We thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you for the love that you have and that you poured out on us. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We're going to have communion now. Thank you, Wilma. I'm one of those people that need a hand to pull the top off. No, thank you. I was thinking about the scripture that says, unless you eat my body, Jesus referring to the bread that he held and broke uh, with his disciples and drink my blood, referring to the cup, you have no life in you. And... Um, I'm using an old-fashioned word, mull. I think you might name what I... I think you know what I mean, but I've mulled that over and over and over. I've thought about it this way, that way, and, you know, every way. You have no life in you unless you eat my body and you drink my blood. And, of course, it can only refer, only refer to the Last Supper or to the communion. It's the only place it fits. But in mulling it over, you need, don't you, always to have to turn it round to the positive. You, you just automatically turn it to the positive, which would be if you eat my body and you drink my blood, you have life in you. You have God's life in you. Now, looking around the room, I think... You all look pretty lively this morning. But what a wonderful thing to know that as we partake of the communion, if we believe, we have God's life coming into us, both in the spiritual and the natural, both, I believe. Some commentaries just say it's a spiritual thing, but, you know, I believe it's a natural thing because it says that by his stripes we are healed. And so this morning... We can, by faith, when we eat, believe that God's life is flowing into us. Some people have a lot of life. Some people don't just have too much, much life, I think. I want to be a person that people say, hey, she's got some life about her. What is it? And I need the life of God in my body and in my spirit. And there's, uh, I know we know this scripture, but I was just reading it again. We know that in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, it actually tells about the Last Supper. It says, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So do it in remembrance of me. It's a memorial service in a way, but it's also to jog our memory. Remember when you do this. Remember me. Remember what about me. 
Remember what I did. I went to the cross. I shed my blood. My body was broken for you. Remember it. Your memory needs reminding. It needs reminding. And this is a way that we can remember. And, you know, it talks about uh, our, our mind being renewed. Well, I think this is part of our mind being renewed. This is something that we can do every day if we wish. But every week, what a wonderful opportunity for us to remember and to be reminded of and to have a li- another layer of our memory just jogged. Hey, don't forget this. Why? Because our memory has to keep aligning to God's truth. It has to keep coming back to that point. There is no other point. There is no other point of us being here. There is no point in us being a Christian unless our point is always what Jesus Christ did for us in the cross. So it's a, mem- it's a memory exercise. It's a reminder. It's a, come on, come on, I know what's happened in the week and he, ha- he does know. Let's get it back on track. Here it is. This is what it's all about, Jesus, and what he did for us. So do it, every time you do it, remember me. We need to do it a lot, don't we? Huh? In case we fall into little ways of our own thinking and we just forget. We just need a good reminder. This is a good reminder. And then it says that every time you do it, you proclaim. Now, proclaiming has become particularly of interest, I think, in in the body of Christ over the last few years, that we um, are actually declaring something. So this is like a declaration. It's like a prophetic act. It is like reminding the heavenly, that's in the heavenly realm, the good, bad, good, bad and the ugly in the heavenly realm, that I am a child of God. I belong to Jesus Christ. Jesus died for me. My sins are forgiven. I'm walking in truth. I have health. I don't lack anything. This is a reminder when you take it, you are declaring, hey, just remember, this is who I am. And this is what Jesus did for me. And so I'd like you to stand. And I'd just like you to hold up the little wafer. And Jesus said, this is my body which is broken for you. Broken for you. You're my child. You belong to me. I love you. I correct you, as we heard this morning. But I love you. And when you eat this, my life is flowing into you. So let's just eat in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. And in taking the cup this morning, let's just remember that Jesus died for our good health. And there must be many, I think, here in the room who have people who need a touch from God. Let's remember them this morning. As we take this, let's take it on their behalf as well. Father, let your healing be released in Jesus' name. Let's drink together. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Amen and amen. You may be seated. beat our little people this morning they're not back in with us yet <laughs> it was yeah, having some good things out there um just a couple of notices uh before we we finish this morning um uh, usual some usual ones uh prayer meeting seven thirty down here on a wednesday night um i enjoyed last week's so uh you know, God's going to do some, going to continue to to uh, to do some um, 
some wonderful things as people get hungry. Back to that. <laughs> We've got to be hungry for what he has for us. Uh, on Tuesday, there is a ladies' meeting, and that will be at Mel's place. Um, so if you're unsure of where that is, we see Coral or Flick or Chantel or Rose. Uh, Mel's not here this morning, but um, those people will be able to um, give you some direction. Um, and uh, I've had some really good reports back from the ladies' meeting, so, um, so yes, that will be very good. We had a good meeting on Thursday last week for the uh, fellas, uh, and there is a, a, an A4 sheet on the table outside of, of something that Steve um, had there for us to look at. Iron sharpens iron. Um, so you can take one of those fellas if, uh, if you weren't here and want to just uh, catch up a little bit. And uh, there is something that's um, coming to, uh, to Bendigo. It's, it's called Faith Runs Deep. Now, um, there are flyers for this out on the table. It's, a, um, it's an initiative of the churches of, of Bendigo. Um, there are quite a number of, of pastors that, um, that gather together once a month. And, and um, this um, comes from um, uh, a gentleman by the name of Carl Fays. Um, you may have heard him on 105.1. Uh, is it the Daily Nudge with Carl Fays? I think that's... The, um, I've had a lot to do with the material that he has produced. Um, Towards Faith is one of the DVD series that um, he has produced. And uh, what's the other one? Doesn't matter. Both excellent resources... Um, in the in the area of apologetics and and um, towards belief, that's the other one. Um, oh no, Jesus, the game changer was the other one. Um, and uh, I've used those resources in uh, school with the older kids. Um, really, really, really excellent. And uh, this event um, is at the Bendigo Cinemas. Um, it's on. Uh, the 7pm on the 16th of June and it's just called um, Unearthed, Stories of Faith. So there'll be a number of people there that will be giving uh, in that presentation, um, which is a, you know, they've put together on film. Um, and it's talking about um, stories of faith uh, from our history and today um, as featured in the new Australian, uh, or in this, in this documentary. Now, there will be some people uh, th there with that. Um, Colin Buchanan uh, will be one. Now, um, some people think he, Colin Buchanan, and they think children's ministry, and he is absolutely um, magnificent in that area, but he does have some grown-up stuff too. Um, so, Colin Buchanan is... Uh, is one person there, and um, Bindi Cole Chocker. And I don't know much about Bindi, but you can um, take one of these and do the little thingamajiggy and you'll find out all about her. Okay, so um, this the, the whole idea of, of, um, of this uh, program and, and um, this resource is to uh, invite people into a discussion and into... Um, that process of, of, of bringing people to faith. Um, and, you know, sometimes we find that, that um, an awkward thing. It shouldn't be, but, you know, sometimes it is. Uh, and the more resources that we have at our disposal from people who love Jesus and, and have really given some thought and, and, um, um, and prayer regarding this the better so please take one of these there's a whole stack of them if you know people that um that you would like to give one to as i said there's a whole stack of them just take them get them out there 
because I think it will be a really, really uh, beneficial, um, beneficial material uh, for the body of Christ. And with that, I think we will say good morning and the Lord bless you really, really good. Peace, my love. Help me to.